our club listeners. Hey. So let's dive right in with this bad boy. So paint by numbers was first invented in the 1950s by Dan Robbins. Robbins was a commercial artist in Detroit. He got his start working in the art department of various car manufacturers. Nice. Didn't know they had an art department, but it makes sense. Well, yeah, I think like there's an art department to like design them and stuff. That's true. That's true. Advertising? I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. I guess it just never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, so in 1949, Robin started working at the Palmer Show Card Paint Company. Nice. And he was originally hired to illustrate children's books, but his job duties were soon changed and he was given the more urgent task of figuring out how to sell more paint. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like, you know what, though? What we really need more is some money. They're like, we have too much paint. Yeah. We have to get this paint out of here. Now, Robbins, paint, go. Yeah. The children's books are nice. Like, but also, like, fuck the children. What about our profits? But we could use money. So I think we're going to go with money. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Robbins, get it together. Sell that paint. All right. So, um, taking a page out of Leonardo da Vinci's book. Robbins decided to create a painting system that would be popular with hobbyists and ensure that the Palmer Show Card Paint Company sold more paint and thus Paint by Numbers was born. Nice. Also, what a mouthful name for a company. Like, damn, guys. Yeah, I think some people shorted it to just like the Palmer okay. Paint Company. Because like even the acronym doesn't feel right. <laughs> like the PSCPC, like what the hell? <laughs> I just want to say, whoever named this maybe needs to rethink some things Ooh. about themselves. Ouch. Well, I'm just saying. So, Leonardo da Vinci was known to number sections of his paintings so that his apprentices would know what color to paint. Because, you know, back then, right? Yeah, like people didn't actually necessarily paint all their own works i know that's so crazy to me like yeah like the master painter would like they would like sketch it out or whatever and then yeah. they'd be like okay get garrison you paint this section yeah. okay and they'd be like at the end of the day they'd be like i love it or i hate it yeah and that's just crazy to me so he would hand out patterns for a painting with numbers that showed what color should be painted where that's brilliant i know da vinci man way to streamline the process bro. he got some ideas he got a few ideas <laughs> she could whatever so Robbins wrote in his autobiography that da Vinci used his numbered paintings to instruct his apprentices, quote, in specific projects such as underpainting, preliminary background colors, and some lesser works that did not require his immediate attention, unquote. Oh, interesting. So it was kind of like anyone can do this job kind of job. like Right. <laughs> yeah. My lesser works. Whatever. <laughs> So underpainting, for anyone that's curious, is a painting technique where an initial base layer is painted on a canvas and was intended to be painted over. I I see people do underpainting all the time, and I still feel like I don't really get it. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about it. All right, well, tell me more. A wee bit. Okay, thank you. So it was invented by Titian. Ah, Titian! I know. You know how I love him. I know, as he does, during the High Renaissance. The High Renaissance. Yes. And as I learned in art school, uh, it is the correct way to paint. Okay. That's what like I... only true, like serious, fine artists underpaint, you know, like okay. if you're not underpainting, yeah. you're not painting right. 
Word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got that vibe as well. But yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. It's like you're just an amateur if you're not underpainted. Oh, did you underpaint? Loser. So underpainting can be monochromatic, but I was taught that it should be like a complementary color to the one you plan on painting over it. Okay. Got it. So it was like, if you're going to paint green grass in the final painting, underpaint it red. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the whole idea behind it is it like creates a richer color. Oh, that makes no I mean like I get it. It makes sense. I don't yeah. know. I feel I've seen people I've seen a lot of people use like green under like a skin tone because like white skin, like white people's skin it's actually like has like a weird green tint to it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. White people's skin is stupid hard to paint. Also though, <laughs> it was kind of weird too because it was like you should paint them the complementary color or you can just paint like a different color. So I was like, Ugh. you're like, wait, so like sometimes it matters or perhaps it's arbitrary. Like, how do I? I don't know. How it do was I work kind of with like this? underpainting kind of seemed like just don't paint it the color you plan on painting it in the end kind of thing. I see. Like, I, I mean, I guess I get it. It just gives the painting like a little more dimension. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, in theory, it's supposed to like bring out all this like richness, which I can see if people yeah. like. Da Vinci were underpainting their paintings. They're pretty rich. I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, in life, things generally aren't just like a flat color, you know? Right. So, yeah, I get it. Right. Right, right. Right, right. It feels very counterintuitive, but if Da Vinci did it, maybe we should all but do it. it is the right way. It's correct. To paint. Okay, but so paint by numbers, though. So yes. getting, getting back to that. Um, so Robbins decided to use Da Vinci's method of putting numbers where a certain color should be. Oh. I know. It's very good. Um, and to create the painting plan, Robbins would paint a piece and then cover it with a plastic sheet so he could trace over the different shapes created by each hue and shade. Smart. That is very, very smart. Yeah. So you would just paint normally and then be like, all right, break it down. Yeah. Which <laughs> seems far easier. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I, just going to talk over it. <laughs> I know. You were you're really just going to bulldoze through my uh, rhyming, but that's yeah, cool. That's cool. you scratching the I mean, like, record. I'm just an artist. It's fine. Just silence me. I don't care. I'm sorry. But oh, you're... my God. So, you know how sometimes we have to listen to EDM at work? Yes, I do. So The lab techs love EDM. But anyways, um, this guy was like, one of the DJs was like, this song just reminds me of when you're someone with like 2,000 of your closest friends <laughs> and everyone's drinking water and like their eyes are dilated. And I'm like, why don't you just say they're on ecstasy? Like, what, what is with about? this weird ass? Like, everyone's just like, so, their I laughed eyes so are hard dilated. when he was like, my favorite thing, because he took like pauses between. So he was just like, everyone's drinking water. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so you're fucking rolling. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, like, okay. Just say everyone's on ecstasy. Like, it's fine. I it was get just it. Such a weird description <laughs> of it. Like, like when we're at all, a rave. Like, like, oh, okay. The connotation is already there. You really yeah. don't have to try very hard. Yeah. Everyone got it. You remind. It sounds like. It sounds like this radio is hosted by like Stefan. Where he's like, <laughs> it's just like that thing where it's like you and like two thousand of your friends and yeah. like everybody's just drinking water. And there's this yeah. like, <laughs> and he just keeps going. Yeah, 
It wasn't that, but it would be. It would have been way cooler if Stefan had been and the one DJing. There's like this bubble boy. Yeah. Like, oh, what's that? Well, it's like this thing where you have a full-grown man covered in um, mustard, drinking water in an inflatable ball, <laughs> right? In an inflatable pool. Oh my god, my hands are over my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Sorry. So, it's okay. Uh, honestly, like, that was a good tangent. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, drinking water. We're all drinking water and our pupils are dilated and we're all really <laughs> fucked up. Like, okay. Okay. There it is. Okay. <laughs> really, he just uh, misses dropping that X. And I'm like, dude, that's cool. You can just say you miss drugs. It's okay. You he are also, on an EDM station. He also, well, it's like you can see them. They're, like it's almost like a YouTube. Oh, oh, I see. But so you can like see their little station or whatever. Uh-huh. And his just had like a bunch, I don't know, the the guy that was playing it had like a term for it, but he had a bunch of lava lamps Fuck and then yeah. a lot of plants. And yes. apparently there's like a term for that. Like if you have a lot of lava lamps and plants, and it's like what the fuck? It's like a th- it's like a thing like, oh, the lava lamps and plants go together. Yeah, and then oh. there were a bunch of like not like original Beanie Babies, but those like new ones with the big eyes. Oh, I hate those ones. One Furby, which I was like, this is weird. And then several very large pine cones with lights under them that like blinked. So it looked like they were oh like being lit up in, in just like his house. Clearly. I literally thought you were just going to tell me it like past fires or some shit, but no, well, but I was just that like, would make more sense to me because some of them have like really elaborate sets. Right. Some are clearly just like in their kitchen. Yeah. Some have like the digital background, so it's like they're floating in space. Uh, some of the guys on like YouTube videos, Paul watches. They have the green screen, and my favorite is when their clothing, like for some reason, they wear clothing that must have some amount of green on it because it just like fades away. And I'm like, why would you wear this? Like you literally know you sit in front of a green screen. Yeah, you it's set also it up. Like not that hard to just wear another color. Like just wear white, white, white's yeah. a great color. Just wear white. Boom, <laughs> boom, great. You're fine. <laughs> All right, well, paint by numbers. Yes. That's why we're here. So he traced over, got the hues and shades. And then each shape was given a number, and thus paint by number was born. Simple. Ah. Yeah, actually, it's pretty ingenious the way he did it, I think. Yeah. So the 1950s was the perfect time for paint by number to come onto the market because the American public had more free time to pursue hobbies than they had had before World War II, and paint-by-number kits were a perfect way to fill all the newly discovered time people had on their hands. Feel creative without really trying. Yes. Yes. Um, And not long after their debut, paint-by-number kits had become a cultural phenomenon and proclaimed, quote, every man is a Rembrandt, unquote. Which... I mean, he died penniless, so maybe maybe we are all Rembrandts. <laughs> and the first ever paint by number was called, quote, abstract number one. And it was done to mirror abstract expressionism, which was popular in the art world at the time. Okay. And so I've seen a picture of this. I probably should have put one in here. But it looks like an abstract expressionist painting. Like it doesn't, I don't know, oh, okay. not to paint by numbers, like. I guess it's just because they're normally like landscapes and you're like, this is clearly a paint by number. Painting. Right. They're very like blobby. The colors are super blocked yeah, off. I yeah. don't know. I was like, huh. I mean, abstract 
expressionism really works for just that kind of like block it definitely lends itself to yeah yeah i don't know i feel like i've done i've done paintings that are like sort of the paint by number vibe where i'll like just do blocks of color instead of just like soft highlights and blending yeah make it look cool it's a thing it's a thing i don't know so unfortunately everyday america didn't really understand the abstracted still life that robbins had created for his first paint by number kit I'm not surprised. Yeah. And Robbins, along with Max Klein, who was the owner of the Palmer Paint Company, and a new team of artists set to work creating more commercially popular paint-by-number designs. Probably for the best. (laughs) So more landscape and portrait kits were created, and paint-by-number kits were soon found everywhere. I bet once they started putting, like, the kittens and, like, the puppies on it, like, that (laughs) shit just blew up. Yeah. Probably. So, in 1955, 20 million kits were sold in the U.S. Wow. Right? And they were so popular that uh, that President Eisenhower's personal appointment secretary, which kind of sounds like my friend's cousin's friend, like he's... That, that, that is what it sounds like, like. sort of linked, but not really. They're like, you're kind of important. Yeah. Thomas Edwin Steffens, which is just such a stately name. I know. Uh, he curated a paint-by-number gallery created by administration officials in the White House. Jesus Christ. I was just like, that is the funniest thing. Oh, my God. Anyway. I like that also. It wasn't, like, from people around the country. It was just, like, White House staff. Well, yeah. They're like, I made this paint-by-number. I hope they were, like, all the exact same thing, too. Oh, I would (laughs) love that. I I hope that he made, like, little, like, nameplates for it. Yeah. I'm sure he did, yeah. Ugh. Maybe said like what department they were. Oh, he in. did. He was just the appointment secretary. I mean, I guess it was a busy job, but I don't know. He had time to curate a gallery, so I think he probably had time to yeah, like, like at least some free time yeah, on his hands. Yeah. Anyway, the Palmer Showcard Paint Company was renamed Craftmaster, which I'm pretty sure like still exists, mm. or someone else took that name. Maybe because I feel like I've seen it at Michaels. It sounds like a HGTV show to me, but <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, and to keep up with the demands, the company grew to 800 employees who worked around the clock, making 50,000 kits a day. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. I know. They'd churn those bad boys out. Hell yeah. Business is booming. Unfortunately for Mastercraft, they couldn't keep up with the demand that their revolutionary product had created, and they went bankrupt. Not long after the debut of their paint-by-number kits. Yikes. Yeah. That's a real shame. So, as is the American way, the bankruptcy of Craftmaster wasn't the end for paint-by-number kits. No. There were plenty of other companies ready to fill their shoes and create their own paint-by-number kits. I mean, where there's a market. Right. It's you gotta like, jump in on that. You're gone. I'll take over. There's a void. Fill it. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so paint by number kits have never stopped being popular although today they don't always use paint yes oh yeah the diamond dots craze is essentially paint by numbers but with little plastic diamonds that are stuck to the background in a specific pattern yeah uh yes i know this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i do um so there have also been paint by number type kits that used colored sand instead of paint to create images. Oh yeah. I know I used those as a child. Yes, I recall. I don't think they make them anymore. I don't think they do. I feel like sand art was like a bigger deal in the 
like late 90s slash early 2000s i agree because it was definitely something i was like oh my god sand art yeah it was just like a thing you did like you bought the little kit yeah you put it you put your colored sand in the little container and yeah. then you just looked at it because it's like what else are we gonna do right did we have like lisa frank themed ones i think i don't know if i ever had them but i thought about like I see. other people i knew had them or something mm-hmm. yeah and you're like that looks fun yeah so there are also kits that use glitter and coloring books that use colored pencils to recreate an image instead. Yeah. Um, so there are even apps that are digital paint by numbers where you just click on a shape and it fills it with the correct color, which I've seen and like maybe thought about downloading, but also was like, this seems like too easy. Yeah. <laughs> I have like played one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's super mindless. It's yeah, just like I don't know. I feel like I would rather just do it by hand. Like if it's just gonna fill it in for me, then like Yeah. Whatever. I think it loses a little bit of the magic. I agree. <laughs> I concur. Yes. Um and while paint by number continues to be commercially popular, uh the art world really did not welcome the introduction of this new quote overly simplified art form. So, when paint by number first became popular in the 1950s, the art world had a strongly negative reaction. I mean, like, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm really not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, many saw the kits as oversimplifying the creative process and undervaluing the work of, quote, real artists. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, uh most like a lot were based on famous paintings yeah and i feel like they still are like oh like, for sure oh, i made the mona lisa and paint by numbers everyone and they're fucking like, repaint starry night oh my god you know like yeah like i like starry night and i like man go but like if i see starry night on another honestly, fucking commercial thing i'm gonna lose it honestly its popularity has made me like it less i mean i, I think because i see it everywhere and i'm like uh i just feel like i i could find starry night on anything yeah anything and yeah. i'm just sick of it yeah oh, <laughs> it's man. a great painting but it's just it's like a good song that gets played too much i just like now i just am sick of it you know yeah yep yeah so an anonymous critic wrote a critique in american art saying quote i don't know what america is coming to when thousands of people many of them adults are willing to be regimented into brushing paint on a jigsaw miscellany of dictated shapes and all by rote. I don't know what that means exactly. Sorry. Can't you rescue some of these souls, or should I say morons? End quote. Don't be too harsh or anything, bro. Damn. I'm just like when he's like, I don't know what America's coming to. God. When people do paint by numbers. This is the true decline of our society. I just want to be like, wait, wait like 60 years, bro. <laughs> bro, wait till you get to 2020. Shit's going to be yeah. way worse. <laughs> it's going to get crazy. Also, like, I don't think it's bad. Like, what, what's so bad about that? Well, it's just like, you know the art world. You're right. You're right. I mean, like, like, I feel like if people were to start putting them up in, like, a gallery, I'd be like, okay, no. But it's also, you know, it's like, it, the art world has weird ideas about, like, what is art and what isn't art. Very much, you can sit with us, you can't sit with us. Yes. You're right. You're yes. right. So, since art could now be replicated over and over again, exactly the same, some wondered if these paintings were even art at all. I mean, it could still be. Yeah, I don't know. What, is a print not art then? I don't know, man. I don't know. Philosophical questions. Anyways, the king of repetition, Andy Warhol, Ugh. 
was intrigued by paint by numbers and he actually became a dedicated fan and collector of paint by number kits. He fucking would. I know. He I would. was like, Ugh, classic. I, he would love them. Who else? <laughs> so Warhol isn't the only artist to see merit in paint by number. Trey Spiegel, who is like a living a conceptual pop artist is known for using old paint by number pages as the canvas for his work. That's cool. Yeah. And he has created his own coloring book of his paint by number pieces. Oh, that's fun. If you want to check it out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that like I I get why artists are like, oh, this is stupid. But I'm like, well, I mean, if it makes people happy and they feel creative doing it, like, yeah. why not? Like, yeah, what does it I hurt? think it's really hard to be like the way you create or it's feel creative is not like it's wrong. Good. Right. And Just I'm to flat like, out say it's like, no. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't really think that the vast majority of people who buy paint by number kits are like, oh, this will go with my solo show. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just fun. Like, chill the fuck out. I don't know. I think that the art world, like, they, I think in a lot of ways, they just put too much pressure on it and they just take a lot of fun out of art. Yes. And I'm like, stop being a killjoy. Yes. A little bit of why we made this podcast. Like, so yeah. many more things can be art. Like, it doesn't have to be just like, oh, look at this painting I did. Like, look at this bronze sculpture I made. Oh, is it oil and underpainted? Or then it's not art. Yeah. Like, no, I can make art however I want. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, in, in a kind of twist, NASA used the concept of paint by number in the 1960s to create the first images from Mars, yeah. which is crazy. I know. What the fuck? Um, and on November 28th, 1964, Mariner 4 was sent out to orbit Mars and take pictures of the planet. Nice. Very nice. Um, the journey to Mars took over seven months, but Mariner 4 orbited the planet for only 25 minutes. Sorry, not Mariner dollar sign. Not Mariner dollar sign, but... <laughs> so on July 14th, 1965, Mariner 4 successfully transmitted 22 close-up images and 5.2 million bits of data back to Earth. And nice. that's a lot. Yeah. For like the 60s, like, yeah. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to reports, quote, instead of waiting for the entire image processing procedure to create the official photograph, the employees of the telecommunications group at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory mounted the strips in the display panel and hand colored the number to create a quick and dirty visualization, end quote. Yeah, they were stoked, basically. I mean, honestly, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting, like, almost a year for this shit more yeah, than that i'm to sure see, like pictures of mars like, yeah like in like the planning the creation and then it leaving like yeah i would be like i don't give a shit <laughs> just let me give it a go i can compare it later yes um and then the complete image was actually framed and given to the director william h pickering um and the scientists were able to view a planet close up for the first time and couldn't wait until the official picture was printed the next day yeah, I think that's fair. I like, I don't know. I think that's cute. Like, they're just so excited. They're yeah. like, I have to They're see it so now. stoked. They're like, let's just color it ourselves. Yeah. We can't even wait. I know. I like that. I, I think that's a lovely story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a huge moment in the history of humans' exploration into space. And Paint by Numbers helped us get there. Nice. Oh, perfect. Who would have sunk? <laughs> 
Uh, the colored picture is not nearly the kind of detail we expect today from images of the planet's surface, but it's still pretty cool knowing that the first close-up image ever of Mars was colored in. Yeah. It's like basically, yeah, just like a colored painting. Basically a little or, paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's not a colored painting, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. But I, yeah. I do enjoy that. I think that's fun. Yes. So while the art world did not have a positive reaction to paint by numbers, Robbins was not super worried. I like that. Yeah. In his autobiography called Whatever Happened to Paint by Numbers, which I like the title. Oh my God. He sounds like a very sassy man. I know. Robbins wrote, quote, I never claim that painting by number is art. It is the experience of art and it brings that experience to the individual who would not normally pick up a brush, not dip it in paint. That's what it does. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, f- I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of these things where like, like, hold up, guys. No one was like, this is art on par with like, you know, Renaissance. Some- yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why people get so up in arms about it. I'm like, it can be like, don't you think that perhaps there are like tiers to art? Like there's like, I would say that there is art that I would say is like better than some art. Yeah. But that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not art. Yeah. Like, chill out. Know, man. Let the people have a good time. <laughs> so this is a sentiment that can be shared by both paint by number and coloring books, right? So totally. it's like Yeah. Is it art? And I mean like I mean, is it like the most amazing art in the entire world? I don't know. Maybe not. But do I really care? Not really. Like yeah. it's fun. People uh, enjoy doing it. Yeah, whatever. they're basically a way for people who wouldn't normally like access art and explore creation to do so. Yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah, like people who are intimidated by like again that like white piece of paper where you're like now create on this. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, how? Yeah, it's like, oh, someone told me. And who's to say that from that you can't like get into making your own art? Exactly, I agree. And I mean, even like we talked about with the in the coloring books episode, like. It's therapeutic. It's yeah. a calming thing. Like, it makes you feel better. Yeah. Even if you're never going to do anything with it. Like, yeah. that's Very enough. true. That's fine. Yeah. I don't see why it has to be any more than that. It's not like these people are running around, like, saying they're the new Picasso because they did, like, a paint by number. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, while the art world may not consider paint by number art, there is no reason it can't be art to those who paint them. Right? Preach. Preach, sister. Yeah. Like, this is something you created. Yeah. Be proud of it. Yeah. Why not? So this podcast is about exploring all areas of art and creativity, especially those that the art world might not consider art. Truly. Yeah. Because I think it's art, you know? Yeah. And even if, like, I don't think it's art, who's to say that, like, you can't believe that what you made is art kind of Right? And I mean, like... I just picture like that one person who like is so scared but always wanted to make art and they do their paint by numbers and they're like, I think it looks really good. I'm really proud of it. And someone's just like, mm, well, that's not even art. So like, yeah. why bother? Like you probably just made them feel like shit. And now they're never going to try any more art again. And maybe they could have been a great artist. But yeah, you just shit on them all the time. Yeah. Like who cares? I know. Who cares? Let the people paint by number. Let the people paint by number. <laughs> Damn it. So, um, hope you guys like the little extra episode we put in, little mini-sode. Yes. Um, uh, definitely listen to the coloring book episode if mm-hmm. you have not yet. We also have a little new fun Q&A one you can yes. listen to. Less art, more us. <laughs> 
Yeah, and if you really liked this mini-sode and you want to hear more like it, there are a ton more if you subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, plus there will be more. There will be more, yeah. So you can always subscribe to our Patreon. It's a monthly donation, and then you will get episodes like this every single month. Get a little package. Yeah. It's a party. Good times. Good times. And you can always just go check out our website at artclubpodcast.com. Find more. Mm-hmm. We have the Instagram at the Art Club Podcast, and we have our Facebook um, Art Club Podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, so check it out. Check it out. Oh, and definitely subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Yep. Bye, bye. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>